0: to courageous wellness I'm Allie.
1: And I'm Erica. And this week we are so excited to have the beautiful Annie Vovan, the founder of the Community Avenue Mama, an inclusive tribe of mamas who empower to explore unapologetic self-care and self-love. So welcome, you, up, you, Annie. That sounds so good. <laughs> <laughs> you, when you say it, wow. No, you're so incredible. And I'm so excited for you know everyone to really hear about your journey and how you started Avenue Mama and just, you know, you're such an inspirational person. So That's I'm sweet. excited for you to spread that <laughs> sprinkles of inspiration <laughs> today. You.
0: Yeah. Can you um can you give us a little background on like what gave you um sort of like the motivation or what was the thing that made you start this community of women?
2: Yeah, it was so interesting because um I started to talk about motherhood, but not like Instagram pretty motherhood. Mm. And I think it was then back in, um, September of last year. So Avenue Mama is really new and I didn't want it to be perfect before it launched or anything Mm. like that because, um, you know, we have like analysis paralysis as people, as women, as moms, like we can't do things until it's perfect. And, um, I just started off as kind of a, a place for me to uncover, some of the pain points of motherhood and self-care from a, gosh, a traumatic 2017 Mm. that I had. I mean, we're only halfway through 2018, so you could see how fast I just needed to get stuff um, out there in the universe Mm. as far as self-care goes. So in 2017, in just one year, I had lost my dad. um, And it took about, gosh, six months from the time he got really sick till his final days versus my father-in-law who had a massive stroke and we had three days to say goodbye to him and my nanny who we said goodbye to on you know December 23rd of 2016 um you know we hugged her it was Christmas She was gonna be gone for a few days picked up a a very random case of meningitis fell into a coma oh you guys I know what a way to start but this isn't important because um Uh, it really lit a fire for me to live every day with so much intention and not take anything for granted. So my nanny, I feel like she really affected so much of my self-care too because she was only 46 Mm. versus my dad and my father-in-law were in their 80s and it was kind of more expected at some point, right? Um, And so the combination of three people in the ICU at one point Mm -hmm. just really made me have to do like radical self-care because I yeah. couldn't be staying. And I had a one and three-year-old. Uh, and I was going through a move in a new city and ah. a house under renovation. It was just a lot. Um, so I really relied on my mom tribe. And that mm-hmm. was uh, started in Santa Monica. And it was my mom tribe that, you know, came and gave me groceries, that mm-hmm. sent me meal cards, yeah, you know, and, I saw so much value in my mom um, community and I realized that not everybody has that. Yeah. And so I wanted to create a digital one, which is where Avenue Mama came about. Okay. So that is where I was like, you know, if you don't have people to rely on, yeah. you really need to find your tribe. You really need to have a place where you could just accept help because as moms, we don't accept help. We mm. There's just this idea that we should do it ourselves or that we look weak if we ask for help. But when I was in the trenches of needing help, I would just say yes to everything. Like, do you want to bring me, can I bring you food? Yes, please (laughs) do. Can I bring you groceries? Yes. And I've always kind of been that person that I accepted help really well. Just, I'm from a family of seven. Mm -hmm. I was born into a team. Um, (laughs) um, And it's funny because I married uh, my husband, who is also the youngest of seven. Wow. And he doesn't like to accept help. (laughs) Like the guy, well, I just like a perfect... Uh, example we'd have like a a a party at home right and this table that we're sitting around is super heavy and it needed to be moved from the garage to here and people will be like hey do you want me to help you man and he's like no no I got it I'm like what are you talking about Accept help what are you gonna do you know and he's so like I don't want to bother anybody that It drives me crazy. Anyway, my point is I'm always somebody yeah. who likes to accept help because I will reciprocate mm-hmm. on any given yeah, occasion, um, which brings me back to Avenue Mama, where I found so much um, desire and passion to have an online digital tribe of women. Okay, so I think I bounced around a lot. Um, Avenue came from um, also my husband, who is really a creative guy, and Ladies, I'm so random. At one point in my life, I went to culinary school and I did event planning no, while I was a amazing. pharmacist, which is crazy. And he and when we were um, early married, yeah, I was in culinary school. And he's like, hey, if you ever re- open a restaurant, you should call it Avenue Annie Vovan Eatery, mm. which oh. I thought was great. And I was like, yeah, I'll do yeah. that. So the name Avenue Stuck. The idea of the restaurant went away. Um, so Avenue Stuck With Me as something that I've always kind of liked. I liked that. And so now the E is Annie Vauban Empowerment for Avenue Mama, if anyone were to ask me. But I think it's the avenues of self-care, self-love, self-compassion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um And so, yeah, so I started it about, depending on when this airs, less than a year ago, we'll Mm -hmm. just keep it like that. Yeah. And it's just been really a place where I think people feel safe Mm. and that there's no judgment. And it's really for the mom. Um, I know you ladies aren't moms yet, (laughs) but there's a lot of um, circles and communities about your children. What pacifier do I use? How do I get my kid to sleep? Those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. And Avenue Mama is really about you. Why can't you have self-care? What keeps you from having that date night? Um, mm. What keeps you from accepting help? What keeps you from starting a blog? You know, things like that that fire you up. Mm. And to be unapologetic about going after your goals and your mission just because you're a mom and you think you have to kind of sacrifice yourself. For yeah. kids. Right. That's amazing.
0: <laughs> I'm glad we we're talking to you because <clears throat> one of the things that were really, um, was important to us about exploring different areas of wellness in this. In this podcast, was also not just like diet and fitness, but emotional and like and spiritual health too, and how people do that, um, what kind of practices they create for themselves, and so I think this will touch on that, which is <laughs> great. Um. So, what is your what is your
2: day to day wellness? or, um, self-care look like? Mm. So a lot of that, I have to give credit, a hundred percent credit to my friend, Danica Breisha, who that's how Erica and I met up at her mm. brunch series. So Danica is, um, someone that I think just really models self-care, extreme self-care. I think she is, it, the, her self-care is non-negotiable. And I was really fascinated by what she did. Um, mainly because I had met her seven years ago, we were introduced by a mutual friend and I just saw, this incredible woman transform, and she was maniacal about self care and putting her goals in front of everything and being really intentional. So, in this crazy year of what I just yeah. told you, ladies, about um, she and I met up for a photo shoot in December, and um, while we were getting ready for it, I just started crying. Mm-hmm. I just was like, I've got so much going on, and I hadn't really talked to her that much about it. We were good friends. But I hadn't peeled back my layers, and um, by the way, I don't think I mentioned that I do lifestyle photography um, now, and yeah. I don't practice pharmacy any longer. Um, and she told me about her self care checklist, and she talked about how she manifested things, and she talked about how she writes a bio from the future, and how she you know owns model meals. And I knew that, and I had taken, I had eaten some of her Whole30 delivery you know meals before, but um, because I was on the brink of a new year, I decided to do Whole30 in January, which is where my self-care really took off. Um, As a mom, Whole30 is not convenient Mm. whatsoever. As a mom with toddlers, you do things like eat Cheetos off your minivan floor, you finish what they're eating, you forget to eat, you really do, you just don't meal plan at all. And um, Whole30 forced me to make sure I had food I mean, Mm. it was very basic. I committed at that point to 30 days Mm -hmm. of um, being almost selfish in that, like, I wanted to do this. And what was really incredible was my husband also did it with me, which really helped. And he also experienced, um, you know, the loss of his father and, you know, his father-in-law. But to circle back, I also had a miscarriage too. So I wanted to talk to you ladies about that because I feel like that is a thing that is stigmatized as far as wellness and, and yeah. health and body and medical absolutely and um, it
0: seems like yeah. such from what I've even recently this is just coming up so much with friends and and I was even watching Ali Wong's comedy yes, special yes. about it. Which I she's love hilarious. Hilarious. Yeah. she's hilarious. Yeah. But it's like it's such a common experience. It is. And why nobody don't talks we talk about it, about it more? right or know how to like you were saying, like just know how to speak to someone who shares right. that, you know, and yeah. and like support that and emotionally, and um, why there's still stigma around it if
2: it's a common shared experience among so many women. Yeah, I really think it's because unless yes. it happened to you, I think that maybe there is just this floating idea that the woman did something wrong, mm-hmm. or she caused it, or she wasn't careful enough, or like it's her fault and I, there's nothing I mean I, I do not believe it's the woman's fault. I do believe that it's just a um unfortunate, you know, pairing of egg and sperm. And if you look scientifically, it's just uh coming it comes down to that when you have a miscarriage, whether it is based upon um genetics, for in my case probably, because I'm in my forties. So I definitely I think the stigmatism is because people put blame on mothers so easily. And they yeah. just cast yeah. blame. And people don't talk about it, even though it's like one in three, you know, one in three pregnancies. And sometimes you may not even know you're pregnant and miscarry, or sometimes you weren't trying and you miscarry. So I think it's because it is, it's just something we don't want to highlight because it is loss. It is yeah. loss. And whether you consider this a, a person or not is is up to your values and your beliefs and your spiritual, you know, meaning behind everything. But it is loss, and I think loss is hard to talk about. Yeah. So I think that's one of the things. So I actually um, miscarried right before um, my dad passed away, and I found out I miscarried the day of his funeral, which wow. was oh really hard. Yeah. Because it was just a it was just a sad day to begin with. So I had I was able to tell him that I was pregnant, even though he was he had a little bit of brain damage at the very end of his life. But I was really happy to be able to tell him it would have been the 16th grandchild on his wow. side, which was incredible. Um, and before his funeral, I started spotting and then I called my OB and it was around the 4th of July and he said, well, I'm, you know, I'm leaving so you should come in on Monday, which was the day of his funeral. Um, so I did that and between the, the Buddhist um, yeah. the Buddhist part of his funeral and then the the regular burial and we found no heartbeat and it was devastating on that day. And he said, you know, it looks like the baby wasn't healthy, and this is Mother Nature's way of self-selecting for you, so you would never have to, you know, deal with that, and so um, the beautiful thing with this thing was the way my mom perceived it, and because I'm so entrenched in being a mom, I'm just going to share a quick story, just because your listeners are moms. Um, Up until my dad's death, my mom had been very rigid, and I know she didn't do a lot of self-care, she was just going, 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 being at his bedside, no self-care whatsoever, and every time I would hug her, she would be like a rock. You'd feel very tense shoulders and whatnot. But when I approached her at the temple, and I said, "Mom, I had to run to the doctors because, um, you know, the baby's, you know, the baby's not, the heartbeat's not there, and we lost the baby." Like her shoulders melted, and she became mm. a mom. And she said, "You know what?" I said, "The baby wasn't healthy." And she said, "You know, I think Dad wanted to take the baby with him today."
0: Aww. Oh my and gosh, that's so be- beautiful. Yeah, and
2: I, I know and I think about that and I think what a beautiful <sighs> thing for her to reflect on and the day probably one of the toughest days of her life yeah. for her and for me as well. So it's just um motherhood's so fascinating in that sense that when it comes down to how much you really love your children, um I don't know, we we're kinda getting off track, but yeah, I thought that no, was this is on track. A special. <laughs> yeah, I think that was a special story yeah. in that like, you know, there's no stigma in, in miscarriage. There shouldn't be. It's, yeah. it wasn't my fault. It was just a, you know, it was just not meant to be at that point. So what I hated about the miscarriage, talking about it was, I remember talking to my aunts about it, my dad's sisters, and they're like, oh, well, you were just really stressed out around that time. And I was like, I fucking, sorry, can I swear? Yeah. To yeah. <laughs> I, um, I was like, that's a fucked up thought because yeah. you're making it sound like it was Something me. that you did yeah. or chose or. Right. And I I really hate that. I really hate that part of it, you know? And even um, the time I had my most recent miscarriage, I was at the doctor's office and I, you know, and there's a couple very old school Vietnamese nurses at my doctor's (laughs) office. And when they found out, they were just like, well, you know, you are getting kind of old. And I was just like, that's so insensitive. And again, that might be the case, but there should be a sensitivity. It should be like, are you doing, can I, do anything for you I'm so sorry and that should be the end of story yeah. it shouldn't be how far along were you because then it makes someone in my position feel like what just because I was in my first trimester it shouldn't hurt so much right, right.
0: like you sh- it's nothing to, it's not as much to grieve right. as if you were in your right. second or third right yeah. and
2: the crazy thing is the moment you pee on a stick and you be you make plans and you yeah. find out you're pregnant you're like oh my gosh I'm making plans I I have a connection I feel like this is my child you yeah. know yeah So, um, so yeah, I think it's 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 the narrative needs to be changed on how to approach somebody with a miscarriage. Absolutely. How are you doing? I'm so sorry. Yeah, like I'm here. They'll give details if they want. Right. You know. Yeah. Those things.
0: Man,
1: I think that's so. Though I think too, it's like I think culturally, even if we don't like. Think we're a judgmental society or not a judgmental community, or, but I think there is just so much judgment, especially mm-hmm. against women and like female experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a friend who's going through a divorce, and um, so many people have judged her for like things her husband did. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, it, it blows my mind, but I think ultimately, I think even just taking away the stigma of a miscarriage or a stigma of whatever it is that you know, society judges women for, I think ultimately too, it goes back to like changing the human heart to like, how do we become a society and a community of people that can like really care about like each other Mm -hmm. as opposed to just like caring about ourselves.
0: Or, you know, and this is interesting, but you, you've created this whole um, community about self care. And maybe is it like, this is something you talk about in your wellness journey, like in the act of caring for ourselves, do we become more compassionate to care for others? Like, yeah, hundred yeah. percent.
2: It's the whole. I know people say it all the time, like, as as people, as moms, you have to put on the oxygen mask first yeah. before you can right. help other people. Well, you absolutely. have to, and you do become more compassionate. If
1: you don't truly love yourself, you can't truly love another person. And I think that's where the judgment can come, right? Like, there's you that know, quote, like the self judgment. Right? Oh my god, there's a quote like how people treat you isn't a reflection of you. It's like a reflection of how they feel about themselves. So that like ageism or sex, it's all just like stuff that they're not dealing with. But I'm a really sensitive person. Oh girl,
2: me too. (laughs) So it's really like,
1: I can logically understand the way someone's treating me has nothing to do with me. Mm -hmm. Um, It has to do with them Mm -hmm. but um or what they say but it's it's a lot harder to practice right it's like that fusion of our head and our heart which is why we have to focus on self-care
2: right because
1: if we're not especially myself if I'm not taking care of myself if I'm not prioritizing just you know my heart and like my like emotional wellness it's really hard I'm very easily swayed by a comment someone says or whatever is going on you know. Um, which is a lot harder when you're actually going through
0: the trenches. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, can I ask you what, like, on a random Tuesday, like, what does your self care look like?
2: Today? Yes, you did originally. <laughs> ask you that. Okay, so I took in Danica's um, self care practice or self care checklist, and right now I'm reading. Um, the Miracle Morning? Have mm, you ladies read that? No. Okay, super life-changing book. I the mean, Miracle the middle, Morning? The Miracle Morning. Okay, we're writing this Yes. Down. We literally are both writing it down. Yeah, it is so good. It is really about setting aside the time in the morning to start your day off mm-hmm. with um, meditation, affirmation, gratitude, um, some body movement, a glass of water, and to really commit to that. And, he, you know... The idea of the twenty-one days it takes to mm. change a habit, yeah. yeah. So even in his book, he broke that down because do you know where that came from? Mm-mm. It came from a uh, orthopedic surgeon who worked with amputees, and it, he noticed that it took twenty-one days for them to be able to get back into their to their lifestyle. Wow. Yeah, so kind of drive from there, which I thought that was really interesting because, you know, we hear this 21 days it takes to make a uh, change of habit. But he really believes, the, the author of this, Miracle Morning, it takes 30 because the first 10 days are, are painful. Twenty, Then 10 through 20 is hard, you're in it, and then it's like, okay, you made a habit. Same with Whole30, getting back mm-hmm. to Whole30, which oh, yeah, I'm not going to yeah. escape from. It's yeah. 30 days, and truly, the first 10 days are really hard. The second chunk is more digestible, and the last is... Is your smooth sailing? So my self care is um, as a mom. It's it's more challenging because I have two toddlers who can wake up any time between six thirty or six to seven, and so I don't have that guaranteed as you ladies do is yeah, waking up when you want and stuff. So um, I do my best uh, to try to write down my affirmations and my gratitude. And when I can, when I have the time, I will do my bio from the future, which is something that Danica taught me, which basically is to envision how you want your life to be. And, um, sorry, that's a journal entry from the future, how your life is going to be like, I'm sitting here at home looking out to the swimming pool, which we don't have, but that's something that I would want yeah. to attract mm-hmm. to, um, you know, my husband playing with three kids because I would love to have another child. So those are the kinds of things that if I have time, I do, but, um, I really just try to be start every day with gratitude and I mm. since I've been doing that since January, it has transformed my ability to approach my day because mm. it is really hard to be kind of a mean mom when you wake up grateful for your children, mm-hmm. when you feel grateful for your marriage and your every you know, Absolutely. the abundancy that you have. So that's been the biggest thing of my self care in the morning. Um and then after whole thirty, because I had to take care of myself, um, I started to find yo. I found yoga, which mm-hmm. I used to make really <laughs> a lot of fun of people who like <laughs> said it changed their life. But no, it changed. It <laughs> changes life. I, I, I like yoga yeah. Life. yeah. I actually took a class that was like yoga and weights. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. Yeah, and that was different from the yoga I had experienced, where I was just like I don't understand. But it was um, this instructor named Shelby, who's now in Chicago. And it was, and she was like, it's like the gateway drug to yoga. Cause it's a little bit faster than regular yoga. Mm. And then after that, I started to find teachers that really spoke to the journey Yeah, and it was, it's been great. So I try to practice yoga once or twice a week now. And so that's really new for me. And I'm just like yeah, I don't look at the scale. I'm not looking to, to look at numbers or anything like that. Because after whole 30, I just realized that, um, you know, eating junk food doesn't serve me. Eating refined sugar doesn't serve mm-hmm. me, although I do have that. But after Whole30, it just made me really aware. Yeah. Right. So Whole30 the is... choices that you're making. Yeah. You know,
1: I think awareness is so important. And even just, like, small changes, like, and knowing that you can always go back. Yeah. You know, like, oh, like, if I if I wake up and I missed my morning affirmations and I remember at lunchtime, I can still do it at lunchtime. Yeah. You know, instead of being yeah. so hard on ourselves and being like, oh, well, I missed it, so right. I'll start again tomorrow. It's like right. every moment is always we can always restart, yes. you know, yeah. and just as, awareness. Yeah. Awareness makes such a difference, even with like eating. Right. And I think, you know, I don't know if whole 30 helped give you that, but like, you know, I read, um, there's a book, you know, uh, that a woman named Robin Euclid wrote and it's, it's a lot about gut health and, you know, the microbiome and all of this stuff that I'm (laughs) fascinated by. But um, but she just has this simple thing where she's like, before every meal, like, look at your food. Like, look at it. Because it's like,
0: we... we, Just
1: consume. It didn't even make me realize that I don't even look my food. I I just, like, shovel it in my mouth. Right. But she's like, look at your food. Take a breath so you can, like, be present with your food and then chew your food. Wow. Like, be mindful about your chewing. That has changed so much for me. And sometimes I'll, like... I didn't realize tell I'm halfway through my meal. And she says, well, then just stop, stop and look and then start again. And I was like, it's changed so much about how I'm yes. eating. Just this act of being mindful. And I don't know if full 30 gave you more. Like you said, like now you know how refined, you don't yeah. need refined sugar or
2: so whole thing anything is, like that. In case your listeners aren't aware, it's total elimination for 30 days. Mm-hmm. of Refined sugar, dairy, grains, legumes, alcohol. What am I missing? feel like I'm missing something um yeah GMOs I'm sorry not GMOs but preservatives mm-hmm. junk food mm-hmm. so it's pretty everything, <laughs> processed. Yeah. Yeah, everything yeah everything process and so you couldn't rely on your drive-thrus and and whatnot so um it really after Whole30 it makes you really question when you want something that doesn't serve you yeah and so you kind of have to think about that so for us we actually went to hawaii after and we started off pretty clean but then you know in comes the (laughs) you know the stuff like all the good things that we love but we just didn't want it as much or we decided that if we're gonna have it it's gonna be really delicious yeah for instance you're gonna go enjoy i'm not gonna eat the mac and cheese noodles my kids have i'm not gonna finish that anymore i'm gonna go for like a nice plate of pasta instead you know And so I think that was what a benefit of Whole 30 is. I mean, I I haven't put refined like any like regular sugar for six months. I cook with a little bit for my kids, but it just makes you aware, and that's Mm -hmm. the beautiful thing about it. Do I eat in and out? Yes, (laughs) but I'm not going to eat two hamburgers anymore. I might like be smarter about it, but it's a challenge, and it's to me, it's not a lifestyle where I could do every single day. But I'm so aware of it, even five months out that. I know that it works. I had more energy. That's when Avenue Mama really started because you get this tiger's blood. Yeah. Um, my, not my skin now, but my skin looked like yours, Allie. Like uh. it was just <laughs> glowing and wonderful. I lost 10 pounds without even realizing wow. it in one month. Um, and I didn't even step on a scale because I was just feeling so good. I had the yeah. energy that I yeah. needed as a, as a mom. Incredible. I slept better. It was all the things that you would hope that came out of 30 days of sacrifice. And so that's why I feel like if you can... Give yourself that 30 days. And, you know, I heard about it for years before I was ready. Right. Mm-hmm. It was just like, yeah, 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 that's nice. Like, sure, yeah, sure, a fad diet, whatever. But it wasn't until that horrific year and that I really needed self-care. Yeah. And I had Danica as my coach. I was just like, I'm in. Yeah. And I would text her about like, oh, can I have these Trader Joe's things? She's like, no oh, you know, that's kind of a uh, preservative and we can't. And so it made me super aware about clean food and how it feels so great to have that in your diet and what it feels like when you don't.
0: Wow, how long do you think it took um, when you started? Do you, do you feel like a sugar detox? Like, did yeah. you get headaches or yeah, anything I the first the headaches. couple days?
2: Yeah. But because I knew I was going to do that, I was like, okay. You like expect, it. I you expected, expected it, it yeah. yeah. But I'm also kind of the person who's, like, super irresponsible and spontaneous. Where I didn't do a lot of research. Mm. Like, you know, I, I do a lot of, like, personality or personal development. And I'm kind of the person that would jump into a pool without knowing there's water. You know, <laughs> like, so I went kind of blind, but I, I have blind faith. And so, yeah. if like, if someone I really trust tells me it's a good thing. I'm going to do it. Yeah. Like I'm gonna I gonna do this it, podcast. Yeah. Like I, I like Erica. <laughs> I don't know you. what you want me to Thank talk me about, but I'm going to do it because I feel like I have a good barometer on those kinds yeah, of things. Yeah. So, um, the first week is hard, but I knew that that much I knew. And I knew the second segment, I knew that most people dropped between day, I want to say seven and 12. That's when people really feel like they can't do it. And so we just pushed through. I mean, my husband and I, um, we were kind of irritable, but comically irrelevant bit like whose idea was this You know, <laughs> and I'd be like eating carrots and I'm like this sucks and he's like you know what sucks dying early before a kid and yeah. I'm yeah. like okay I'm gonna have yeah, this like carrot good,
0: good reminder yeah then. good yeah. reminder bet so super- doing it with your partner too or having a partner to do it with is
2: accountability e- yeah, yeah it's
0: easier because it's like when you have those thoughts of like oh well yeah. Who's gonna know? Like it's you know, but you have to just be reminded like why we're doing this. Someone yeah. to say, Hey, yeah, hey, absolutely. this is why we're doing this.
2: Well goal setting is so important, especially um one of the mantras of Avenue Mama is having accountability. Mm-hmm. So we have an Avenue Mama whole 30 crew on Facebook. Um and so it really it does as you work out, if knowing that you're gonna disappoint someone if you don't go to the gym is part of it. And in learning about accountability and goal setting um there are I think it's like four or five ways to make sure you're successful for so one you got to declare it two if you have some sort of coach or somebody who knows you're going through it three if you have a partner four if you make it a public declaration
0: yeah you're a lot more
2: accountable <laughs> too. and yeah. then five if there's stakes in it whether it's a penalty so I have a, my best guy friend Dustin whenever I have a, a problem he always gives me this penalty and he's like okay if you don't do that, then you're gonna to have to donate a hundred dollars to Trump, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> I don't want to do that. I can't do that. <laughs> that's go a rest. really good one. Yeah, <laughs> or the MRA or something. Yeah. Like. Oh my gosh. Because yeah. and you can't say I'm gonna to donate to charity because then you're like, I don't, I don't mind. It's gonna go to the a kids good thing. and Av- yeah, yeah. Have yeah. To be a I'm not gonna to give me a dime to Trump. No, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. way, right? Mm-hmm. So you could do things like that. And put things. There, there has to be stakes. Yeah, yeah. So part of Avenue Mama, we have a mindset group, and right now I'm in my beta round of it. I have. Um, five moms that is going through a six week journey. So on a daily basis, we text our gratitude and affirmation. Um, We go through different exercises. So that's our accountability for both of us because I'm their peer. To make sure that we slay our goals because if we don't put it out there, no one knows about it, it goes away. Right. Next thing you know, it's six months. Right. Mm-hmm. So, are you ladies up for doing Whole30? Because I will <laughs> hold you accountable at some point. You know, we it, should do it at we some should point. Do yeah, it. We, should. we should. do
1: it. We should do it.
2: Yeah, you should, do, should it. do it. Oh we should do it. I'm like, I get back
0: from my childhood. <laughs> <laughs> when we get back from New
1: York, well, we should That's do cool. it. Because, you know, I think it would be, especially for, like, I think what scares me about it is food Tummy. is so self-soothing for me. Mm-hmm. Right? So, um... But it's not. You're not eating shit. You're not. No, no, no. But like, (laughs) like like, I get. I don't know. It's it scares me to like. I think eliminating sugar Mm -hmm. is probably the scariest. But you can have fruit. I think you can do anything for thirty days. But I think it would also be so empowering to do something that scares me so So much. Yeah. Okay, we're gonna. Okay, you're gonna hold this too. I will.
0: The hardest thing for me, and I don't like. I don't actually drink a lot, but I do like my like coffee. no. Oh wait, you can't have coffee. You mm-hmm.
2: can have coffee? It oh, just no, no, has no. to be black.
0: <laughs> no, I, that's fine, I don't I don't put sugar. Like, I'm not a big sweet person, so uh-huh. the refined sugar is no problem for me. It's the alcohol. Mm. I enjoy a glass of wine or a cocktail. Yeah. And, yeah. So that would be that would be so, I mean, I've done it before. I've given up alcohol before for like when I'm doing long shows or something mm-hmm. just for like my own yeah. health, but and vocal health, but, but I think it'd
1: be really it'd be
2: fun. We could talk, like talk about thirty days. Thirty days of and we could talk about we could have... <laughs> we're gonna do, it. And then we're yeah. gonna have an episode about it. And you could cheers on day thirty-one. Yeah, cheers. <laughs> yeah, you could have everything. Like seriously, we had that like amazing pasta in Hawaii, and you know, we eat all the things now. We haven't not eaten the things, but it just makes us so aware. And we still have bad habits, but yeah. it just makes you more aware. And we remember how good we felt. Yes. Yeah, when we were in that and. Um, that tiger's blood. I'm so excited to see when that comes out because you're gonna be like, my brain it's what Danica says is so true. It's like someone poured Drano in your brain and cleared it all up because a lot of the reasons why you're eliminating the legumes and the soy and the preservatives is the GMOs and the inflammation that mm-hmm. causes in your yeah. body. So it really does allow you to hyper focus and it's really no, incredible. I think
1: that'd be great. And I think on this like year that I'm on of like like self love again and you know being mindful about my eating and all this awareness, I think it would be like the right next step yeah. to like mm-hmm. continuing that
2: process, so and we could hold hold each, each other accountable. accountable. Yeah. Be yes, so great. yeah. Um, there's you so can, many great resources. It's not hard. I mean, you it's delicious food. You just, yeah, your <laughs> and face you just have to right cook it and like. Explain. No, honestly, I, mean, I eat yeah.
0: that way a lot of yeah. the time. Yeah. It would just have to be like the you Know the occasional sandwich,
2: <laughs> or <laughs> so you have to have it on sweet potatoes, you know? yeah. exactly. Yeah. which
0: is fine. I love sweet potatoes, yeah. Yeah. yeah,
2: I mean, we could do it, we're gonna do it. We're gonna so if you're more, if you're more, um discipline in me then think about those stuff that you really like and then always already have a backup to that yeah. that That's way you don't have idea. to struggle
0: when you're you know? like oh I really want mm. yeah and with Pinterest
1: mm-hmm. there's so many like I've seen that because a lot of people in January do Whole30 right so I saw in January on like Instagram and like oh, a lot posting, of recipes, like, recipes yeah, from, like, I, like, like Whole30 I think you have recipes. to
0: really be committed to cooking and yeah, right your food yeah then you know where it's coming from, yeah. or, or you can, can get do model, model meals. Use exactly. <laughs> code Avenue Mama for twenty five
2: dollars off. Um, no, I, I think that is it is, it. and you can it's have staples resource. like yeah. spaghetti squash on hand, roasted vegetables on hand. Um, it is so convenient, especially in Los Angeles. <laughs> so you can go to Instacart, you can go to Whole Foods. No, we're really check off here. Whole yeah. thirty, and it'll only give you Whole thirty approved. Really, even it you does drive make like you it, have they Yeah, Yeah, that's so.
1: You know. You know, when we talk about, like, food and wellness and health, too, um, I know you have a daughter, right? And mm-hmm. we have a son and yes. a daughter. But I think it's so interesting. I always think if I have a daughter, especially in this world, and, like, how, like, how do oh, you want to so impart, much. like, self-care and wellness to her you so know, as much. she grows up?
2: So interesting. So Mother's Day just passed, right? Yeah. And I remember, for some reason, I was really irritated, for lack of a better word, about... Um, this, this woman who posted about her mom and how her mom um, sacrificed her whole life and she really glorified mm. how much the mom sacrificed. And I think I identified it because um, I come from a you know, refugee background, I'm a first generation mm. wow. you know uh, refugee, immigrant, Asian-American. And my mom sacrificed a lot too. And what came out of that as her child was that I gave up a lot of what I wanted to do in my life for mm. my parents because I felt guilty mm-hmm. if I didn't. And so, what did that look like in real life? I wanted to become a teacher. I wanted to be a social worker. But I went to pharmacy school because my parents were both in medicine. My dad is a, was a pediatrician. My mom's a pharmacist, and they were very much—that's all they knew. in you know, the Asian culture is like you have to—you have to make a living so that you can support yourself, which aren't bad things. But it just wasn't for me. It wasn't something that I wanted. And so I became a pharmacist because of them, and I hated it. I Mm. wanted to poke my eyes out every single day, and I endured it for 12 years. And that's not what I want to teach my daughter or my son. It's that I want them to see me not sacrificed because of them. I want Mm. them to see me happy and fulfilled and joyful so that they could do that for themselves. Mm -hmm. I don't want them to resent, not resent, but have to prove um, something to me or do things out of... um, What's that word I'm looking for? Out of obligation. Obligation. Yeah. And I think that's a lot of what I took in for a family that sacrificed so much. And I get why they sacrificed. And given the same situation where we had to flee a country out of war, I'm sure we would sacrifice too. But there was such a price that I feel like I paid for. Letting go of what I really wanted in in the framework of this type of family yeah. I had. So yeah. with my uh, with my kids, I really want them to look at my husband and I as people who were really um, fulfilled at not at their expense. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not at our expense. Whose expense is it? But you know yeah. what I saying? Yeah,
0: their expense. It's it's not their fault that you it's not got rid of, of things yeah. that made you happy. Like yeah, yeah it, you know, it's like when the idea of giving up everything for your children. right?
2: Mm. But it's... But when they're gone and grown, then what you're left with. What are you you left with? Absolutely.
0: And I don't know. I grew up... I mean, my parents split when I was two, and I'm an only child. Mm. And I have a good relationship with my dad, but, like, my mom really raised me. Yeah. And, um... And you know what? And it's like she worked because she had to work. Right. there was no... But I... Even now in her, and, and they were fairly young parents, but I was saying like, even now in her career, like I'm glad when she's making, you know, career strides for herself yeah. mm-hmm. or or taking chances. She got like an international opportunity when I was in college to like leave the country and for a job. Did she go? And she wasn't going to it. For oh. her. She was like, she was like, well, but like I don't want to leave you. I was like, guess what? I don't live at home. (laughs) Go. And, like, she did. And she actually met her now husband by having moved. So it was like, I, but it it makes me happy. Of course. To see my parents living their lives. Absolutely. And because, especially having had fairly young parents and seeing them go through turmoil, like, as when I was a child with relationships and stuff, it's like, to see them feel fulfilled whether it be in career or relationships yes. it actually takes this like enormous amount of pressure on
2: yes us. absolutely you wow. know yes It's
0: massive like right. when yeah. when they both finally were in like relationships that I knew made them happy and they were having certain successes and you know obviously failures as well but that. It was, it's such an interesting feeling, especially yeah. as an adult child, the relief that that brings. Yeah. I love
2: that. That makes you know, me yeah, that yeah, makes more, more inspired, yeah. too. Yeah. yeah.
1: No, I had an, ex- I mean, my mom really sacrificed so much, you know, for me and my brother. You know, like, she worked two jobs, and, you know, she was, like, not perfect by Eddie means, you know, but um, she was, like, our pillar, you know, during yeah. that time, and, you know... Um, I always felt like a very similar sense of obligation Mm -hmm. to like, like my parents both sacrificed so much so that me and my brother, you know, um, just for, for our happiness, you know? And I always felt like, well, I have to like repay them by living Mm -hmm. the way they want me to live. And I had this like wake up moment a few years ago, actually, where I was like, am I living my life or am I living the life? my mom they really were. wants me to live, you know, or like like her dreams for me. And I was kind of on the path to living like her dreams for me. And that's when I was like,
0: mmm It's so I, it was and it was
1: so hard for me to like change that conversation with myself mm-hmm. because I had so much like guilt and and I'm sure this is where all my emotional eating comes in, you know, but it's just it's so interesting because I love both of my parents so much. They they both sacrificed so much for me and you know they're both the most amazing people and I owe like every part of who I am to both of them. But um you know especially my mom and her strength. But it's just so interesting it's when a- you grow up that way, how yeah. you feel like a sense of responsibility
2: to, you know, make them happy, you know, too. I think it's, um, and it's so interesting once you become a parent that you have these rules you think you're going to do before you become a parent, (laughs) like, I'm never going to drive a minivan, Uh, and then the reality hits you how minivans are awesome, um, and I think that there is a delicate balance. Now, I'm not saying that sacrifice is bad, I'm not downplaying my parents for what they did, but I think there could be a balance, maybe 10% of, like, the fact that maybe your mom took the two jobs maybe one night she could have gone off Absolutely. to dinner with her friends for one hour and make one hour less pay Absolutely. for herself in the midst of providing for her family. I'm not saying going the other way at all by any stretch, ladies. No, I no, I'm no. Yeah. I want to make sure that you understand we don't have to be a hundred percent sacrificial as parents, but can we find 10%? Can we find 15% yeah. to give, feel back, refill our tank? That's the message that I really want. And self-care is so fascinating Um, In the beginning, I thought, oh, it's when I get to go have a manicure and pedicure. Mm -hmm. No, (laughs) self-care is so... So deep. Everything is deep. Yes. Is it when I get my eyelash extensions? Yes. (laughs) But it's also self-care is to break up with friendships that don't serve you. Mm -hmm. It is to quit habits that don't serve you. Um, It is to grieve and it's to mourn. It's to go after your goals. It's all... So many things... And the best way I can say it is self-care is to create a life that you don't want to escape from Mm. because you have dealt with these other things. And that's kind of the journey that I'm on right now. And I, you know, I look at my parents and, you know, my dad has passed and I remember calling him crying the first year of pharmacy school. And I was like, dad, I really don't want to be here. And he's like, okay, well, you're just putting me in a heart attack. So, Mm -hmm. and I'm like, okay, so I'm signed up, you know? And that was just his way of probably lining, you know, and I think it's probably tough love because... Look, if my husband lost his job, I could support a family four on um, this pharmacist's salary. I can't. I have that in my back pocket and I don't think that's a bad thing, but it took a long time for me to have the wisdom to look at what their end game was for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, do I wish they would have been like, yeah, you want to be a social worker? Sure, honey. If that <laughs> what fills you up, sure what a different life I would have had, Yeah. You know, completely. But I think it's so, because my my parents were like, you can do whatever
1: you want to do. So it, it didn't come from, it came from like, I felt this sense of like responsibility mm-hmm. for what they gave up mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. It, and that was the thing when I finally had this realization, like, I was like, it's it, it's so complicated. It and is. Really, it's it's not easy. There's no easy, easy answer. Yeah. But, but it's also so interesting how like everyone has different parents and mm-hmm. everyone has like, we all have struggles. Yeah. We all, everyone has a story. Yeah. But I think it's how, I think self-care and, you know, it was actually when I started losing the weight for me that I realized, like, whose life am I living? You Mm. know? So it's like when I started taking care of myself, that's when I was able to be like, what am I doing?
0: You Mm. know what I mean? And I also love the aspect of your sort of mission statement with Avenue Mama of unapologetic self-care because, I think, and maybe it's sort of a changing thing generationally, but I think, especially women, have been, I mean, I even, I feel like I've had a sort of transformation with this, but we're, we're sort of always conditioned to apologize. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, how many times do you have conversations where it's, you, you hear women say, sorry, but sorry, yeah. even... I mean, I was, like, doing consulting work for... Uh, tech company I also do like creative consulting sometimes and um a few years back and it was all men it was a startup tech company it was all men and me and just like even someone who I I grew up with like very kind of female-centric education I went to like historically a women's college which is no longer I went to Vassar but there's such a like sense of like strong women and even I caught
2: myself all the mm. time,
0: to be like, "Um, sorry, but sorry," and mm. it's like,
2: it's "Why not, it's do so we do that?" So why? I don't know. It, I don't know if you read this uh, study or article where, if you if there's a job, um, like ten prerequisites for a job, a man will apply if he hits four, but a woman mm, a woman won't apply until she this. hits she hits eight of those requirements wow. in order to, You know, so I don't I don't know where that comes from, but it does need to be rewired. And I even think like um as far as going back to self-care and yeah. the question about my daughter, um you know, moms that choose to stay home and asking for help a lot of cuz I encourage them to ask mm. for help because why? There's no you're not going to win a trophy when you die that I stayed home and I Absolutely. didn't take care of myself. You know, there's no that's not serving you. It's not. What serves you is for your children, for your kids to see that you are happy and you are fulfilled and you're lit up. And so, um, the other part of self care with my daughter is I, I refuse to talk about body image in front of her. I refuse to talk about like, you know, I, I see family members talk in front of their daughters. and I'm like, Hey, you, you really can't, you can't say, Oh, I look fat when you're like wearing a size two, like, please don't do that. Um, Please don't do that at all. So I really want both of my kids to really feel, like, body positive and see that we exercise. Ladies, my husband and I have never exercised. We've been together almost six years married. We went to the gym together this, where are we, June, last month, for the first time. Oh, my god, Like, it took that long. We were both just completely checked out of of health and wellness, completely, like, Mm. one day, you know. And there's a new favorite quote of mine is, there are seven days a week, but someday is not one of them. I love and yeah. I feel like we finally got it and we don't have to wait for anything. You just do, which is why I started Avenue Mama with no sense of anything, but Hey, I want to start it, which is why I'm starting a podcast with. I'm just going to yes. do it. Because well, that's what we did. Progress yeah. over perfection. You know, yeah. there's well, no guarantee.
1: Well, it's so funny. Cause it actually like, I had had this, like, I wanted to do a podcast for so long, yeah. but I was like. You know, it's, like, that, that yeah. like, you, you, you can You self, like, you don't yeah. have, like, the 8 out of 10 things you need. Right. Or, um, yes. But then when when Ali and I were talking, it was just like let's just like let's just, just do it. it. Yes. Let's just yeah. go. And I think that's like how we have to live our life. It's yes. like no one holds us back but ourselves. Yes, right. And I think Annie, you're so. I think why you're so courageous and inspirational is because you just you do you like live it. You like walk. Irresponsibly. No, no, in no. Ways. you need to be, get anything done. And, I and like even it. hearing, I think it's amazing that you went from pharmacist to culinary school you know photography it's like that's living your life you know what i mean i think there's so many interests people have but they're like no i've been in this job i'm a pharmacist or they define themselves based on what they've just always done and they don't listen to their heart and i think you going after like every dream it's incredible it's it's why i think avenue mama is so amazing and why you're
2: thank you it's just, I'm so inspired by you, so. Thank you. No, but I, I want your listeners to also know that there is, there's the ugly side of it, right? It's not glamorous. Yeah. Um, in order for me to leave the pharmacy, you know, we're talking spreadsheets, right? My mm. husband was like, all right, if you really want to do this, this is what it has to look like. You need to make more money per hour as a photographer. We need to track your mileage. I mean, he was like, it wasn't like, okay, honey, why don't yeah, you go I, do that? Yeah. Um, where I have friends that, you know, luckily they're in a in a financial situation where the husband doesn't need any kind of contribution. That is not the case for my family mm-hmm, whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not saying that we are um, extremely where we want to be financially, but I, I have to answer to our family needs. Of yeah. Course. So how does that look? That looks like maybe when I was a pharmacist making six figures, I could have a gel manicure and pedicure and maybe now Mm -hmm. i don't you know what i mean like i have to really budget and i have to be really conscious about stuff but it's okay because i get to be sitting in a kitchen on a what day are we you know with you ladies not like hating myself giving out viagra at kaiser permanente (laughs) you know what i'm saying so there's a there's there's that balance and so for anyone who is listening and saying well that must be nice for her she gets to Um, yes and no. I have an extremely, um, supportive husband who, although as supportive he is, he does have expectations that Mm -hmm. are financial. And so I had to hustle hard and, um, I, you know, there's just, you just have to do it in a way that works for your family. So I wouldn't necessarily like just drop everything after you listen to this podcast. I think you have to be strategic about your exit and you have to have a plan. Absolutely. Not that I have a great plan, but, um, you know, there's hard conversations. There are there are definitely months where I, I don't make that much money. And there's definitely months where I do. And so it's just, I'm still trying to figuring it out. But um, but I do, I will take that compliment from you and acknowledge <laughs> that, yeah, I guess I kind of get to do what, you know, serves what I feel serves me. Just because I feel like I've endured, like, 12 years of losing my life to a career I really mm-hmm. hated. Although... Mm-hmm it paid well, but it's not about that. You yeah. Know? You can't take that with you. Yeah. You, you know? can't. And another favorite philosophy is you can always make more money. You can't make more time. Yep. So yeah. Really. it's are words to live by. <laughs> think about that a lot, you know, and self-care is just really like, yeah, creating
0: you have, have to life, make the time. Yeah,
2: that you don't want to escape from. And even being a mom, it's it's so hard because there's so, so much judgment. Like yeah. oh, it must be nice of her to be able to work out all the time. Well, you don't know her story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't know her story and you don't know what where she's been and you know, and so yeah. maybe that's you saying, I wish I had the time that you yeah. don't have permission. Yeah, or you're not yourself. giving yourself yeah, that. permission
0: The last thing I'd love to like touch on with you while we have you is um in this community, because I know a lot of my friends who've recently started families, um, and some of them are working moms and are lucky enough to have help. And then some of them are stay at home moms. And I know there's a certain amount of like, from what I've seen with my community, isolation that can occur when you're at home. Yeah. Um, especially like you said, with your, You're created this digital community if you don't have a physical community in your Mm. geographical location. So, how would you say? What are the aspects of Avenue Mama other than some somebody being a follower of of everything that you do? How, if they need to or want to become a part of a digital community, how do they engage with that?
2: Mm. Well, so there are so many things in this day and age that allow people to have. in real life, community. Yeah, there's even an app called Peanut for moms to meet up with each other. Mm. Um, if you're on Facebook, there are a lot of communities, so I would highly recommend um, any new mom out there to look like just put in your city and find a local mom group. Mm-hmm. And mom groups are—it's like dating. It's like mm. um, what is that kind of speed dating? <laughs> you kind of figure out who you're going to jive with. And so I would totally recommend in real life. Avenue Mama, we have events. You know, one day I'll take it across the country, but we, it's international. Like we have over we have moms who take over the Instagram from Tokyo, from, uh-huh. from, um, where was she? Ireland. And so there's ways to, there are, our community is so engaged and so loving and supportive, but, um, they're in real life. Motherhood friendships are so important. Those are the ones that will drop off the groceries. Those mm. are the ones who help with your kids. So I recommend you to find your tribe within your neighborhood. So that way you could do playdates and you could do
0: mm-hmm.
2: what I coined productive playdates where I know playdates like, because you're not a mom, you don't really understand. I remember when I was a single or a person without children, I was just like, what the hell is a playdate and why are they so common with my friends? So basically it's a way for your kids to have someone to play so you can kind of kick back in a way, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, I would encourage people to really look at their isolation and ask for play dates or ask to have friends come over mm-hmm. or go to your local mom. I mean, there's La Leche League in every city, which is like a, a mom breastfeeding support group. Or um, there are, there should be, there's definitely local meetups for moms mm-hmm. because I know that people really need people. Yeah, yeah so... It, it is isolating, but knowing that it's isolating and being courageous to step out of your home is the big it's part of the, it. The kicker, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah it's the kicker, and knowing that it's best for you and your child when you are able to connect with another mom. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, thank, thank you so much.
1: Yes. Yeah, So, where can
2: everyone find you in the, in in the, the digital, digital world? Digital world. <laughs> so we are Avenue Mama on all platforms. So there is a uh, private Facebook group on Facebook. Okay. So. Avenue Mama and in there we have experts come in just because I, I feel like I'm the peer mama, like I'm mm-hmm. like the nucleus uh-huh. and um, I have incredible friends that are um, therapists and child wellness and mindful parenting experts that I bring in not as consistently as I want so we do chats um, so moms can feel empowered. So that happens there, I'm on Instagram as Avenue Mama, there's a website, we have events, um, my photography is my name, Annie Vivian, where I empower moms and women in business photography and um yeah they we are here it's a, it's an amazing tribe it's very gosh it is so endearing that like i i'm just so proud of where it's gone these women really just rally for each other they That's really awesome. do so, so well, thank, you so, <laughs> thank you so much thank you so much oh thank you,
0: thank you.